want to welcome this morning Reverend Dr. Mary Curry, who will be assisting me at table this morning. She is the coordinator for the Committee on Ministry and the Committee for Preparation for Ministry of the Presbytery of New Covenant and a seminary classmate. Glad to have you with us today. Please pray with me. Open our eyes to see your truth. Open our ears to hear your voice. Open our minds to receive your word. Open our hearts to feel your love. Open our souls to sense your touch. Open our hands to receive your gifts. Open our eyes, our ears, our minds, our hearts, our souls, and our hands, O Lord. Amen. Charles Swindoll tells a funny story about a nine-year-old named Danny who came bursting out of Sunday school with a like a wild stallion. His eyes were darting in every direction as he tried to find his mom or his dad. Finally, he found his daddy and he said, Man, that story of Moses and all the people crossing the Red Sea was great. His father looked down, smiled, and well, said, Tell me about it. Well, the Israelites got out of Egypt, but Pharaoh and his army chased after them. So the Jews ran as fast as they could till they got to the Red Sea. The Egyptian army was getting closer, so Moses took his walkie-talkie and told the Israeli Air Force to bomb the Egyptians. And while that was happening, the Israeli Navy made a pontoon bridge so the people could cross over, and they made it. And the dad said, is that the way they taught you the story? He said, well, not exactly, but if I told you the way they told us, they'd never believe it. (laughs) But... With a childlike innocence, he put his finger on the pulse of our sophisticated adult world where cool skepticism reigns supreme. It's more popular to operate in black and white in the world of facts and, of course, to leave no space for the miraculous. So when we read the story of the 5,000 being fed, we tend to focus our attention on the question, how did it happen? Or maybe even really did it happen? I believe it happened because of God's blessing. In the atrium of the Houston Methodist Hospital, there's a statue of Jesus and a woman kneeling before him. The scripture on the plaque at the bottom of the statue says, Jesus had compassion on the multitude and healed their sick. This is where the stories of miracles always begin in Jesus' compassion for people. It's his compassion for people that moved him to heal the sick. He sees a man blind from birth. He sees a man who is lame. He sees another with leprosy, and he has compassion for them. Compassion means to feel with another. Jesus is aware of our hurt. He sees our need And he responds, sometimes even through us. In the life of Christ, this miracle of feeding the multitudes so impressed the 12 disciples that it's the only miracle of Jesus besides the resurrection that's recorded in all four Gospels. It's the story of a small group of disciples facing an overwhelming need in need of God's blessing. Jesus has been healing people all day and night is coming and the disciples are determined that the, uh, the, gra- the multitude is hungry, which probably means they're hungry as well. 
And they said, this is a remote place. It's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can buy for themselves food. And Jesus says, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. Now, in Mark and Luke's telling of the story, the disciples said it would take eight months' wages to buy enough for this size of people to have just one bite. And in John's telling of the story, Andrew brought a boy who had five loaves and two fish. Jesus understood the positive effect of taking what we have, asking God's blessing. Jesus looked up to the heavens took the loaves, blessed them, and broke them. And he did the same with the fish. He took what was available, asked God's blessing, broke it, and gave it. Now Luke's gospel says that Jesus instructed the disciples to have people sit in groups of 50 each. There's 50 here and 50 here. Imagine 25 more groups And you can see the, or maybe a hundred (laughs) groups. Over the years, there have been a number of attempts to explain this miracle of the feeding of the multitude. One says that people were so moved by the generosity of the little boy that they brought forth food they had hidden under their clothes or in their pouches. But that doesn't explain leftovers. Would 5,000 men, not counting women and children, have said before leaving home, you know we should pack our lunches, but we should pack a little extra. That's a lot of extra for 5,000 people being fed, not counting the women and children, to have still 12 baskets full of leftovers. The disciples began by wondering how the crowd could be fed, and they wound up wondering how they, what they would do with the leftovers. Miracles begin with the compassion of God, but they're greatly enhanced when we give God something with which to work. We offer what we have, and then God answers and adds God's blessing. Glenn Smith, who was one of my trainers when I was starting a church in Pearland from scratch with six adults and four children, and two of the children were mine, he used to say, When we work, we work. But when we pray, God works. To that I would add, when we pray and work, God works overtime. Ours is not a Lone Ranger faith. The Lone Ranger might have been the Lone Ranger, but even he had Tonto. God works in partnership with God's children. It's a spiritual principle as solid as God's compassion. Dr. H. King Omig tells the story of a time that a church in Cartersville, Georgia, wanted to begin a Habitat for Humanity group. In the early days of Habitat, they went to America's Georgia to meet with Millard Fuller, the founder of Habitat for Humanity. The group toured the facilities and saw a presentation on how the groups operate. And during the course of the conversation, one of the people said, Mr. Fuller, we think this is what God's calling us to do. But before we begin, how much money do you think we should have in the bank to get us off the ground? Fuller leaned toward the man in a very low and serious voice, told him, it would be wholly irresponsible, completely negligent, 
totally feather-brained if you start an affiliate without at least $1. But you have to have $1. Don't you dare make a move without it. In Baytown, where I served as pastor for six years, we housed the offices for Habitat for Humanity. And since they began building, they've now completed 43 miracle houses. Each one started with at least $1. For some reason, God likes to take what we have to give, no matter how small, and to that add, God's blessing. Miracles happen when someone offers a gift, starts a ministry, or says, I have a great idea, or even says, all we've got is one kid's happy meal of five loaves and two fish, or We've got a dollar, and God kicks into high gear to use that effort to God's glory and to our good. A man was packing a shipment of food for poor people in Appalachia, and he was separating the beans from the powdered milk and the canned vegetables from the canned meats, and reaching into a box filled with various cans, he pulled out a little brown paper sack. Apparently, one of the pupils thought uh, something different from the items on the suggested list. And out of the paper bag fell a peanut butter sandwich, an apple, and a cookie. And crayoned in large letters was the little girl's name, Christy, room 104. She had given up her lunch. Each of us has something we bring. Jesus has blessed each of us and sends us forth to be a blessing. There are thousands on our hillside who are hungry, and there are thousands on our hillsides who are hungry for the Word of God. And God has placed us in this part of God's world to be an outpost where they can come and be blessed and pass on the love of God they receive from coming into contact with God through us. King Duncan tells this story about Tony Campolo, Tony is a professor emeritus of sociology at Eastern University in St. David's, Pennsylvania, and is a popular speaker. He was the very speaker at one of the first Fun in the Sons that I attended with the youth group here in 1982, and he was wonderful and so inspiring. Some of you here that went with me may remember his finger. He was a powerful speaker. Well, he writes, once he was invited to a woman's conference to give a major address, and these women were being challenged to raise several thousand dollars for a mission project goal. And while Campola was sitting on the dais, the chairperson turned to him and asked if he would pray for God's blessing as they considered their individual responses to the goal. Campolo stood and to the amazement of everyone present said, no. Then he approached the microphone and he said, you already have all the resources necessary to complete this mission project right here in this room. It would be inappropriate to ask for God's blessing when in fact God has already blessed you with the abundance that we need to achieve this goal. The necessary gifts are in your hands. And as soon as we take the offering and underwrite this mission project, we'll thank God for freeing us to be the generous, responsible, accountable stewards we're called to be as Christian disciples. And they did. 
Leave it to Tony Campolo to hit the nail right on the thumb. He says, you feed them. And we can. We have at least one dollar. This morning we prayed for his father's heart's ministry here in Houston, which we support with our prayers and our dollars. This morning we prayed for the Rafiki Foundation in Zambia that we support with our prayers and our dollars. And these are just two of the 15 local ministries and 10 international ministries we support financially. But there are other ways we can not only seek and receive God's blessing, but we can be a blessing. We support Agape Development that builds houses here in Houston. Not long ago, uh, 40 or so of us planted grass and bushes, uh, landscaping for one of those newly built houses. I'm going to give you two weeks' notice. On August 21 to 25, our youth will be actively employing their elbow grease as they go to the Houston Food Bank. They'll be learning about the issues of human trafficking from the landing. They'll be making compassion bags for the emergency aid coalition. They'll be packing back-to-school bags for McGregor Elementary. They'll be visiting the hospitality apartments where people in town for cancer treatment can stay rent-free. They may not be donating an apple and a PBJ sandwich, but they will be baking cookies for our Children's Place Parents Night. The youth could always use some help, so if you want to join them in that week, contact Amy Smith. Jesus is looking at us and at the community around us, and his heart is filled with compassion. And he is taking what we have What we give, our time, our talents, our gifts of money, our elbow grease, so that God's blessing can be multiplied and our whole community can be blessed. Each of us has something we bring. I'm wondering what we'll do with our leftovers. Whatever you feel God calling you to do or to give, do so knowing that when it is given, it will be multiplied with God's blessing. Let us pray. Dear Lord Jesus, take what we have and bless it. Take our gifts of time and talent and treasure and break them open and bless them and send them forth from this place to make a difference in our lives and in the lives that are touched by what we do from here. We pray that you will take what we offer And make a difference in the lives of men and women and children of our world. Amen. As we respond to the story of the feeding of the multitude, think of the millions of people who have been gathering at tables like this one since that first feeding miracle. And as we approach this table, may we be reminded that we do not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Those who believe in me will never hunger, and those who believe in me will not thirst. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. 
Holy God, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, with joy we praise you and give thanks to your name. You commanded light to shine out of darkness, divided the sea and dry land, created the vast universe and called it good. You made us in your image to live with one another in love. And you gave us the breath of life and freedom to choose your way. You promised yourself in covenant with Abraham and Sarah, told us your purpose and commandments through Moses, called for justice in the cry of the prophets. Through long generations, you have been faithful and kind to all your children. Great and wonderful are your works, Lord God Almighty. Your ways are just and true. We praise you, most holy God, for sending your only Son to live among us, sharing our joy and sorrow. He told your story. He healed the sick and was a friend of sinners. Obeying you, he took up his cross and died that we might live. We praise you that he overcame death and has risen to rule the world. He is still the friend of sinners. We trust him to overcome every power that can hurt or divide us and believe that when he comes in glory, we will celebrate victory with him. Remembering all your mighty and merciful acts, we break the bread and share one cup, giving thanks for your saving love in Jesus Christ. As you raised our Lord from death and call us with him from death to life, we give ourselves to you to live for him in joy and grateful praise. Merciful God, send now in kindness your Holy Spirit to come over these very common elements that we may know Christ's presence real and true and be his faithful followers showing your love. Therefore, we offer and present to you our very selves to be a living sacrifice dedicated and fit for your acceptance. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. 